Good to see you here this morning. I'd like to ask you, if you would, to take the connection card that you find in your program and fill that out and drop it in the offering later on. If you're a guest, just fill out as much of that card as you're comfortable filling out. And if you're a regular, your name and email would be, would be great. Uh, really glad you're here, especially uh, if you're a guest. We have a gift for you through the double doors on the way out straight ahead. There's some DVDs on a table. And those DVDs were put together by our Life to Life media team. It's a short movie that uh, illustrates some principles you find in Scripture, attitudes specifically that bring God's blessing, that help you move towards success. If you choose those over and over and over again as you handle your responsibilities and relate to the people in your life, uh, they really do bring your blessing, bring God's blessing uh, in, into life. Uh, Today's service is not the norm. Uh, this is membership celebration. Uh, once a year, we take the time to have uh, a gathering, and we look at why we exist as a church and how membership fits into our mission and how it benefits members. And if you're guests today, you'll see what we're all about. This is not a membership drive. We don't, we don't want you to feel pressured to sign up. Um, this is the time when we renew our commitment every year. We, As members of CIV, we renew our commitment. This is the opportunity we take to do that. So there's a board with our uh, membership covenant on it that members will be signing if they choose to renew. But we do this yearly because it's kind of like saying, can you go this year? Can, can you do it? I, I have a... a Someone close to me that is a part of a military or was, uh, he's too old now, but uh, he was part of a military unit. Like whenever they got an assignment, he would have to call all the guys and he'd say, are you in this time? Can you go? And everybody would have the freedom to say whether or not uh, they could go, whether or not they were in for that mission. And so that's, that's the way we do membership at Church in the Valley. You commit one year at a time. Uh, it allows us to have an atmosphere of freedom and remind us of why we're, why we're committing to, to work together to do what we're doing. So that's what we do at this service. We, we emphasize membership, which is handled different ways by different churches, and this, this is the way that, that we handle it uh, to help, help uh, get, get the job done that God's asked us to do. So... We're going to start by looking at why we exist as a church. Uh, My wife Cindy and I moved to Diamond Bar 23 and a half years ago to launch the church. And I have to tell you, I was scared, and I didn't know how this was ever going to happen. I couldn't see it in my mind. I'm I'm kind of a plotter, and Cindy and I were doing what we thought God was calling us to do, but I, frankly, since I was the one, you know, that is supposed to provide for the family and make this, you know, happen. This is my responsibility. I was nervous. And God spoke to me, and he acted in many ways to confirm that he was in this. And I'd like to share just two of those. He spoke to me one time uh, as I was taking my son, Thad, who was two at the time we moved. I was taking him to McDonald's. And I had just been involved in a church during graduate school that gave me a real picture. The leaders there gave me a real picture of what it means to follow Christ and to, to do family life 
different and to relate to your... I, I, just, I, I just soaked up all kinds of stuff and learned a lot about uh, how, how to live for, for the Lord. And I was changing, I was growing, I was still... You know, I have rough edges. If you hang around me, you know I get crabby sometimes and I, I have things going on. But I was growing. I could see the picture of how I wanted to, to be. And I was beginning to change, and Jesus was at the heart of that. He was the one that was changing me, and he'd been doing this since I decided to follow him. But anyway, took Thad to McDonald's, and at McDonald's, I could hear parents talking to their kids. And here I am. I'm not sure how this is going to work. I'm not sure what's going to go on. And I began to hear them snipping at the kids, jerking them around, being unkind, just just a lot of animosity between the parents and the kids. And God spoke to me right then, and he said, you have what they need. It, just, it was a moment where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I do. I've just got to figure out how to communicate what they need to them and how to tell others about this message. And the same thing could begin to happen in their lives that happened in my life. As I decided to follow Christ, he began to change me from the inside out, and, and that was a moment when I realized, okay, God, God's speaking to me. This is going to work. Another way is we moved into a, a set of apartments that were called the Daisy Apartments at the time. Um, and somebody called us the Church in the Daisies, which I didn't, frankly, appreciate very much. <laughs> Come on, you know. But anyway, we moved into a square. All the apartments were in squares, and they faced into each other like this, and and... I moved into the square of a man uh, who avoided me like the plague when he found out why Cindy and I were there. He, he didn't want to have anything to do with us. Well, when we became friends and got to know each other, I found out that he'd been praying to God for eight years, telling him, God, I will not go to a church, but if you bring a church to me, I'll get involved in it. So when he found out why we were there, you know, freaked about. But but he he was he was the the first guy that turned around from going his own way, began to walk God's way. He was the first one that committed his life to Christ. Since since the beginning of CIV, God has consistently used those who've decided to join in to connect with people and introduce men and women, to Jesus Christ, and then to help them grow to maturity. The CIV team has certainly grown. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but God just keeps bringing people around to join in, to help us accomplish what he's asked us to accomplish. So I want to look at what it is Jesus said that we're to do. Um, A good coach, if you've ever been a part of a sports team that wins, a good coach repeats the same things over and over and over again. And if you can see the faces of the guys on the team, they're mouthing, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. I'm tired of hearing this. And actually, they could say almost in any given situation, they could tell you what the coach is going to say. The coach does that not to, because he can't think of anything else to say. The good coach does that so that when the players get in a game situation, they know exactly what to do. That's what he's doing. He, he's, he's trying to help them understand. Jesus did the same thing. He, he said toward the end of his life, 
He said the same thing five different times at least in five different ways, a little wrinkle on him. But he spelled out exactly what his followers were supposed to do. Here's what he said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We exist as a church to do what the one we follow told us to do. And this is what he said. Jesus commanded his followers to make more disciples. Disciple is a follower, basically a learner, someone who puts himself under someone to learn from them, to follow them. Jesus told us to make disciples of all nations. So we make a concerted effort to tell those around us here in Dime Bar and the surrounding cities in which we live, we, we make a concerted effort to tell them about Christ and help people come into uh, a relationship, a friendship with him. And we want to help churches and ministries do the same thing that are beyond us. We'll talk about that in a moment. Second, Jesus says we're to grow as disciples. The church should also be teaching followers to obey everything he commanded. Now, this learning to obey thing, it's a lifelong process. We're not ever going to perfectly get this down and figure it out, but Jesus is the measure that we stack ourselves up against. And none of us measure up to him. But we keep taking step after step in the right direction, trying to make progress. And that's what we're to encourage each other to do. This is what groups of believers are supposed to do. This is what a church is all about. This is a CIV mission statement that flows directly out of Jesus' words. To know, love, and glorify God and be used by him to help all people to know Jesus Christ and become fully devoted followers of him. And we want to start churches and ministries that do the same thing. First, we're to make more disciples to help all people to know Jesus Christ and become fully devoted followers of him. If we aren't doing this, we should stop doing anything. We should, we should close down shop. If we aren't helping others connect with Jesus and develop a friendship with him, then we, we really shouldn't exist at all. This is the heart of what we're doing. Paul in Acts 20, 24 says, My life is worth nothing unless I'm doing this, unless I'm telling others about the wonderful grace of God. So we build church life around this effort. We, we try to make it a part of everything we do. This year, in October, we launched some e-teams of men and women who take initiative to share their faith every week. And God, God just put it on my heart to begin to organize us. And Because if you're not intentional about it, you just kind of let weeks fly by and, and you don't ever tell anybody about Christ or the good news about Him. And so I was hoping that we would have... 30 people or so that would be willing to be a part of an E-team that would begin to take initiative to help others come to know Christ. And we ended up having 58 people that have decided to take initiative on a weekly basis to tell others about Christ. I'm hoping that grows from 60 to 70 to 80 to 90 and then just keeps growing because this is really the core of, of what we're what we're all about. 
Our, our Sunday service, this is what we do here and other events, they're designed to include people who are checking out what it means to investigate Christianity. They're also, or what it means to follow Christ and investigating Christianity. Um, they're also designed to help people who are already following, specifically to help us learn how to obey. Because most of us know a bunch more than we're doing. So we try to aim the, the focus of what we're doing here and in our groups that we have that meet during the week at, at learning how to live it out, how to be different because of it. And specifically, we want it to make sense to follow Christ. So, so we work on that. This is the front door of church life, and we want our guests to, to have a good experience. And um, we want them to be comfortable and feel safe to check out what it means to follow Christ. So we have teams of people that make this happen every week. Um, and uh, everyone who serves on one of those teams, contributes to the overall mission of making more disciples. Uh, Second thing Jesus told us is to grow his disciples, to know, love, and glorify God, and be used by him. Jesus wants us to learn to obey, and Sunday mornings we have people teaching pathfinders who are helping the kids gain an understanding of who Jesus is, what it means to follow him, and how to obey him. Uh, Growth groups are starting up again next week. We have people who spend a lot of time uh, leading those groups, organizing, pulling the thing together uh, so, that, so that people can learn how to obey, so they can learn what it means to obey, what it's like to do that. Uh, growth groups are typically 12 to 16 people who are getting together uh, to meet and learn about what it means to connect with God and grow in Christ in, in some specific area of uh, curriculum or study or whatever. but uh, that, So that's going on. And then third, our mission statement says we want to start churches and ministries that do the same thing. Old school CIV. If you were to come in the old days, I, you know, I, okay, I won't go into that. In the old days, though, we have, we had a program and me being the creative guy that I am, I'm very, I'm very much a plotter, but on the right side of the program, we had Six emphases that shape our style. They were always there to remind us of, of kind of who we are and what we're trying to do. Emphases number six was our focus is going to be on the world mission of the whole church, not just our own growth, not just our own stuff. And we've tried to make that true because Jesus gave us a wide-angle lens to look at our mission through. He wants us to think of beyond ourselves. And so, um, from the very, very beginning, after a couple years of getting started, we've, we've had a long-term partnership with Neil Melinda Walker, and that's a separate ministry, but that's a part of this wide-angle lens where we want to help them get accomplished what, what they're getting accomplished. And we've benefited, and hopefully uh, the group there has benefited from what goes on here. Three other churches have been launched out of CIV, and the last one, most of you know about Josh and Erica De La Rosa, they launched out in 19, or, <laughs> uh, 2007. Are we in the 2000s? Oh, man, my life is moving so fast. <laughs> okay, sorry. 
I'm like a decade behind. I apologize. Uh, anyway, they, they went out in 2007, and uh, Alex and Samantha Barrett are planning to launch out again in two to four years. Don't know when, exactly where. What I'd like to see is churches surrounding L.A. that we've planted, been a part in, and just try to, try to help do what God's doing. This is, this is our calling. This is what we do here to make, make disciples. And those who were around when Josh and Erica launched out, we know what that feels like to send a key leader and then other key leaders to go out. And we're, we're ready to do it again. We'll see what God does. That's going to be fun. So that is why we exist. This is, this is our assignment from God. We're not just getting together and meeting every week just to do it. But we have, we have a purpose in that. And uh, I, I'd like to ask Joe Barry to come up, and he's going to interview a couple of members, Tom Young and Jen Walker, uh, one who's been a member uh, for a short time and one who's been a member for a long time. They're just going to share some of the benefits of uh, being a member here at CIV. Excuse me. <clears throat> okay, guys. Welcome to the stage. Um, Jen, we'll start with you, and then Tom, you can answer this question too. When did you first hear about CIV, and how did you get connected? Um, I first came to CIV in uh, about 1990 in the fourth grade because my family began attending CIV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I first heard about CIV two years ago. I had been looking into different churches to attend, and uh, shortly after, my wife, uh, Justine, and I had started dating, and she invited me to come take a look. Okay. And Tom, when did you officially join, and then what motivated you to join CIV? I officially joined in January of last year, and one of the reasons I chose CIV was because, well, there's two main reasons. I really found that the weekly message that provided was very informative, helpful in the daily struggles, and something I could apply. Um, I found it very relatable, something I could really understand. And I also really liked the sense of community. I really liked the, how friendly everyone was and how they made a real effort to get to know me and to get to know what's going on in my life and to be there to support. Um, I didn't actually join until um, college, about 2000. Um, I realized that CIV, as long as God had me here, was where I really wanted to grow and um, be able to serve. I wanted to plant my life somewhere. Um, And I realized that by committing to CIV, I got to commit to this group of people and to the values that they were about and also just get to follow God and trying to help CIV um, accomplish their mission. Uh, so it just really seemed like the next practical step. Okay. Staying with you, Jen. How has a, being a member of CIV helped you grow in your relationship with Christ and in the other areas of your life, whether it's work or family or whatever? Um, being a part of CIV, I think, has been most helpful to me just for the um, examples of men and women who are practically seeking to live out the Word of God, um, getting to participate in groups with them and um, serving on teams with them, um, also just living life with them. Um, has really brought needed change and um, pointed out in areas of needed change in my life. Um, it's brought encouragement um, to keep moving forward in the things of God and things that are good. Um, and also, it's really began to expand my heart to want things that are a lot bigger than my own agenda and my own ways, but um, really wanting to get on board with advancing God's kingdom and wanting his will in my life. Second um, Timothy 4.2 talks about um, it, it's a command to believers to um, correct and to encourage and to rebuke. Um, with gentle, um, with careful instruction, instruction and great patience. And I found that the people at CIV have um, accomplished that in my life. 
as I've um, just committed to moving forward with them. Tom? Uh, being a member of Church in the Valley has really helped me in my walk with Christ, but before I joined, I wasn't actually a Christian. I followed a lot of the principles, but hadn't really committed my life to Christ. When I came here, I saw the value in it. I saw how to do things God's way, how to approach things with a serving attitude and with an attitude of patience, and that's really helped um, in other areas as far as like my marriage. It's really helped me get through some of the rough spots. Um, it's really helped in my work environment, too, just to approach things with the attitude of service. And it's just helped me be successful. It's also helped me realize that what I want isn't as important as what God wants. And so it's really helped me let go of a lot of frustration that I've encountered over the life when I try to do things my own way. Good. All right, this is going to wrap it up here. How has, being now that you're a part of the CIV community, how have you experienced support during the ups and downs of life? Um, As far as the ups go, I've really found that... Connecting with everyone here, being able to share with what they've enjoyed and the blessings that I've shared, it's really helped to just encourage me and to give me hope for the harder times and also to just really enjoy the blessing that's been given to me. It really helps keep perspective on the things that are important. Um, And as far as the encouragement from some of the members go, it's really helped me with the lower times. Um, At work, I work in a very high-pressure, high-stress situation with staffing and management that has a unique set of challenges that I encounter. And I've, I've found that just the support here and the encouragement I get has really helped me uh, approach work once again with a patient and serving attitude so that uh, I get through a lot of the frustration that I would have normally encountered without any real issues. And it's really helped me be successful in my attitude at work. Jim? Um, I think over this last year I've gotten to um, just experience, I mean, lows and highs. But um, I think in the midst of the lows, Um, What's been really helpful is that the people at CIV have offered a lot of time. Um, And in their time, they've just given encouragement, um, counsel that was needed, um, new direction. And um, through that, it's really painted um, new perspective and given me the encouragement to persevere um, that was really needed in the midst of that. Um, Also, I think in the highs, it's made them so much more enjoyable. Um, One, for example, this year would be I got uh, the opportunity to purchase a home but um, it was a real joy to walk with people in the midst of that. That made it so much more fun, um, just as they offered endless hours in helping me get my finances in order or all the way up to moving me in and unpacking me in less than four hours. It just made an already fun experience so much more enjoyable because people wanted to be a part of that. So. Okay. Thank you guys for sharing. Thanks. Thanks, guys. When you get into the scripture and you find out what followers of Christ did, the very first ones, you learn that there's a model of commitment uh, to it. Uh, Acts 2.42, this is the description of the very first believers. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That's, that's a description of what they did. They devoted themselves. They continued steadfastly in meeting together. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were just, the apostles were just taking what Jesus taught them and handing it off to the next, to the next person. To, to the people that they were teaching. That's, that's what they were doing. To the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to, to, to friendships and relationships in the context of church life, and to prayer, to a walk with God, praying together, praying on their own, 
So this, this is what shapes this commitment to these things, to the right things. It shapes our future. Our commitments that we make shape our future. You buy a home or you start paying for a home. And it shapes your financial situation for the next 30 years. You take a marriage vow. I'm going to be committed to this person for as long as we both shall live. That, that begins to change you. It changes your future. You begin, you, you have, it impacts your, your life. And God intends it for tremendous blessing and he uses it to, to change us and grow us in many ways. You sign your children up for dance lessons. Changes your, you know, at least a portion of your life for as long as they're in dance lessons or soccer or little league. You're committed to that. It impacts your schedule. You have to build your life around it. You pay for a meal with a credit card. You're committed to paying it off. You pay for a lot of meals with a credit card. You end up in a hole. Then that really shapes your financial future. The commitments we make, we don't always think about them, but they, they do to a great extent shape us. Making the right commitments to the right things, it's crucial for our growth in following Christ and in life itself. In church life, the perspective of Scripture, it's interesting, being a member is a spiritual reality. You're actually a member of the body of Christ. When you commit your life to follow Christ in a spiritual way, you're put into his body. Church membership is an opportunity to express your commitment to a specific body and take your place in that body and fulfill a role. God's gifted you. He's, he's given you the experiences and the gifting and the background that you have to serve in his church. And membership is, in a, way to, is a way to express that. So the early church devoted themselves to the right things, and they thrived. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, what Jesus taught, commanded to the fellowship, to friendships with other believers, and to an ongoing friendship with God. And they thrived. They had glad and sincere hearts. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That's what we want. We, just, we want to enjoy what's going on. And that, that happens in the context of church life and in the context of our walk with the Lord. There are three commitments I want to look at. For growing in Christ. Uh, three commitments to thrive. This is what we need to thrive. First of all, a vital and growing friendship with the Lord. I'm going to let you read those verses later on. But they point out to the, they point to the most valuable friendship that we have. That's the, the friendship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Getting to know God through Him. Getting to know Him. Digging into Scripture. Learning to obey it. And... I, we're, we want to make CIV a place where you can investigate what that means. If you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, you're investigating. We want that, this to be a place where you can check that out. Uh, I, I want this to be also a place where we have a, a real and practical help for those who are trying to grow, for followers already. So that's number one commitment, a commitment to a vital and growing relationship with God. Now, if that's the only piece of this puzzle that you have in place out of these three commitments, I want to tell you, it's like Jesus and me. I'm just going to relate to him, and, and I'm not going to be worried about relating to other people who are trying to follow him. There's no other way to say it. You're in danger of getting weird. That, that's, just, <laughs> that's just the truth. 
If that's the only thing you're focused on, you're in danger of getting weird. Um, number two, commitment, encouraging friends. We need friends who will get in the lifeboat with us or get in the raft with us and go through the rapids on the river, who will encourage us. Hebrews 10 says we're to encourage one another constantly. That's the word that it's written in the Greek means comfort with an edge of challenge. We need to keep helping each other take the next step, encouraging each other to take the next step in following Christ. If, if you need some encouraging friends, uh, serving teams here at CIV, growth groups are a great way to begin to connect uh, with people and, and develop those friendships. So our group of friends is important that encourages us, but we also need a larger framework for growth a structure that tells us when we stepped out of bounds or when the group stepped out of bounds or when we ourselves have. And so the third commitment is to membership in a broader church community that supports doing right before God and people. So it's, it's this relationship to a broader community. And we downplay this. I, I'm a child of the 70s, really. That's when I kind of came into my own and, you know, born to be wild. It's one of the songs, and it's, sorry, it's playing in my head. I'm trying to stop it. But uh, so I, I didn't really, I didn't really appreciate institutions. I love the Sprint commercial. You ever see the Sprint commercial where the guy's in the big office? He's obviously a CEO or an executive, and um, some, he's describing what they're going to do as a company. He says, "This is our way of sticking it to the man," and the guy says, "But sir, you are the man." You know, the man, that institution. I didn't have a tremendous amount of appreciation for that uh, when I was growing up because I was involved in my generation when we began to focus on individualism. We began to discount the role of the community or the institution in what's going on. In our country, we downplay that. Uh, it it really is designed by God, this broader community that we have. Uh, Actually, society is designed to do that as well. But more and more, we're, we're drifting, we're pulling up anchor and we're drifting away, and we need a framework in church life that keeps reminding us of the things that matter to God and that, that are really important to Him. If you don't have a place where you're reminded of the guardrails that keep us moving in the right direction, then you're likely to go off the cliff. Eric Erickson was one of the very uh, key people in uh, developmental psychology, and he's a major contributor early on to modern psychology. And, and he said, this is kind of surprising, he said that the church is the only institution that supports healthy development from the womb to the tomb. And that's true, but we don't think about that. We don't, we don't think about how our involvement in the broader community helps us to develop in the right way. And we discount it because the, the message from the media and the message that we, like I, I'm an introvert, so I'd just prefer to crawl in my own hole. If I did that, boy, you wouldn't like me at all. If I didn't have other people around, you wouldn't like me. But there's some kind of instinct that wants to just keep pulling away. And then we hear the message in the me, be committed to me and mine. In the scripture you find, I need to be committed to Jesus and his followers. 
and we need to try to include more and more people, all the people we can, in following him. So it's important not to pull up anger and drift with the culture, but to anchor ourselves in our vital, growing friendship with Jesus, to find encouraging friends, and to be connected to a broader church community who can do more together than we ever could by ourselves or in a small group. We, we can pitch in and get more done. And so that's why we exist as a congregation. And that's the model of commitment that we have. We're going to be receiving our offering in a few moments, and I'd like to encourage you to think through next steps. As I've been talking about uh, church life, what we're all about, uh, there may be some, some next steps that God's laid on your heart to take, but here's some suggestions. Um, my next step today is to consider joining a growth group this semester. Uh, there, we're going to have the catalog out next week. You can find out what's available. But that's a way to begin to connect and, and really begin to find some encouraging friends. Uh, another step would be to attend Discover CIV which is our class 101, our membership class, to find out more of what we're all about. Um, as we looked at these things, God wants you to find a broader community to plug into that can help you grow in your walk with him. It may be here. It may not be. I, I really don't want you to feel pressure. But that's the next step that you could take. And then finally, uh, another step is to get more information about C, uh, serving at CIV. There's some teams that do what we do and help with the events and things and so that's, that's uh, an opportunity to connect and to help with what we're doing. We set up Teardown every week, and I, I deeply appreciate uh, all, all the work that's done on that behalf to accomplish what we do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as the band comes up to lead us. Father, we thank you for your word that guides us. We thank you for this group of people that you've brought together to accomplish your purpose in our part of the world and to help with what you're doing throughout the world. Thank you, God, for the men and women who walked through the years, for the, those who've joined recently, just and the joy that comes in the, in the ups of life as we share it together and in the downs as we find support and encouragement there. Father, I, I, I ask your blessing on this congregation, and I pray that you'd help us to faithfully do what you've asked us to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.